0: What's up military millionaires? I'm your host David Perret. Today we have an exciting episode with Hunter Gore in which we talk about college and how to become financially independent and live a financially independent lifestyle while in college. So this gentleman has a couple side hustles. He's got some stuff going on. He's built up a large emergency fund while in college and already set himself up for success above his peers. And so we're talking about money tips and strategies that you can use to set yourself up for success even when you're in college, which is a place where a lot of people go and end up in more debt rather than working towards financial independence. So be sure to stay tuned. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. This podcast is put up every single week for your enjoyment. You can find show notes on military millionairecom slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real
1: estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth
0: knowing. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Dave from Military to Millionaire. I am here with Hunter Gore. He is a sophomore at Clemson University. Uh, He is a realtor, a side hustler, and he is barreling down the path to financial freedom. Uh, And we've kind of reached out, he he reached out to me about a uh, potential deal at one point in real estate. Um, And we kind of worked through some numbers. It didn't work out, which is fine. I mean, that just means we didn't overpay for it. Uh, But he's been doing a lot on the side with uh, the realtor side of things and then uh, social media marketing and stuff. And we just kind of thought it'd be cool to talk about his story because I realized that, you know, I'm getting old now, so I can't relate to like a 19 year old sophomore in college who's actually learned about finances at that age because I didn't, I didn't learn about that till I was like 25, 26. I was just an idiot blowing money on Harleys and stuff. So it's super cool to have you here. Hunter, go ahead and uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, David, thanks so much again for having me on. Uh, It's a real pleasure to be able to to talk to your listeners and, uh, you know, hopefully I can, uh, you know, give them some advice or something, you know, that they can take and and actually apply to their lives. Um, So anyway, I guess I'll kind of start from the beginning. Um, I had absolutely zero concept of money uh, until I was about the age of 14 or 15. Um, This is kind of a long story, so I'll try to condense it uh, as best as I can. Um, it, the story kind of starts back with my dad. Um, my dad's a really awesome guy. I love him to death. Uh, but he didn't really learn about money at all from his family. Uh, and that kind of correlated, uh, into our family whenever he started, uh, a specialty compounding pharmacy. Um, so my dad started this compounding pharmacy. He was so working full-time at the hospital. Uh, he would work, uh, nine to six Monday through Friday, um, at his, specialty compounding pharmacy then he would be working on the weekends like pretty much almost 12 hour shifts on the weekends uh, at the local hospital uh, in the town where I grew up um, and so because of that I didn't really get to see him that often so I, I kind of have this this part of my childhood that, that I mean it's great because my dad um, had been um, you know able to you know provide all of our needs and stuff but I never really got to see him so up up until the point where I was about 14 or 15, um, our life had been pretty great. Um, uh, you know, I mean, dad had been making a lot of money. I didn't really know anything about it. Um, but all of a sudden out of the blue, um, uh, my dad basically gets a call from the, uh, I think it's the FDA. Um, basically saying that some doctor is suing him uh, because he made a specialty drug. And I I don't know all technical terms and anything, but he made a specialty drug for some patient. Uh, Basically the patient got infected um, and uh, basically the the patient sued the doctor and the doctor said, Oh no, it's not my fault. It's the, you know, you know, meds or whatever. So anyway, uh, my dad ended up getting uh, sued because of that lost the pharmacy. And at the time he was trying to expand the pharmacy and grow um, trying to to develop the the business and the asset to be something you know bigger and better. Uh, well, I, at the time, in order to expand, uh, he had taken out right shy of about three hundred thousand dollars worth of business debt. And so, because you have to have a personal co-signer on the business debt, uh, it was obviously assigned to his name. Uh, so, whenever the business fell apart, all that money then went back on him. Uh, so, I really didn't have any concept of money before you know this this kind of big falling out with his company happened. Uh, but my dad was out of work for about six months and so it, you know it was hard coming home from school I, w- I would see him you know just just trying to find work trying to you know find something to be able to to come up with and make money you know without having to pull money out of savings and retirement and stuff um, so anyway to, to make a really long story short um, it, it's been a really unique experience to to see that coming through on, on this side uh, my parents are really awesome you know m- most parents would would get divorced or you know mo- most married people would get divorced from that. Uh, But thankfully my parents are still together. Uh, They're awesome. And I'm really thankful for all that they've uh, done and given for me. But that really big experience kind of shaped my view of money Um, It made me think a lot more about what I'm actually spending money, money on how much I'm saving. Do I need to take out any debt in order to get this asset to produce money for me? Uh, And so, Just kind of building off of that, um, I I went into college, not entirely sure what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I started out as a computer science major at Clemson, uh, ended up actually failing the class uh, in the first semester. Absolutely hated it. So I uh, ended up changing my major completely. I was like, okay, you know, this is this is over. Um, and, and I was kind of debating between either computer science or finance um, as, as majors going in just because of what my family had been through and my kind of uh, eagerness to learn more about money so that, uh, you know, something like that wouldn't happen to me. Or, well, uh, not that we can control everything, but but to limit the, the risk of something like that happening to me. Um, so because of that, I was like, okay, you know what, this computer science thing isn't working. Uh, so I switched over to finance. Um, and ever since then, I, I started reading a, a book. Obviously not required by school or anything, but it's a it's a book I, I think a lot of people hopefully I've read. If not, I would definitely consider reading it. It's Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. It's a really great book, and uh, it, in the book, obviously, it talked about so many different topics from you know the difference between the rich and the poor, um, you know how to build wealth, what real estate is. It talked a little bit about taxation, some side hustles and stuff, but. Basically, the book helped transform my mindset from the stuff that I had learned going through watching my dad's business crumble and watching them still having to, to pay off debt uh, to, to just helping to continue to, to grow my, my uh, you know, just thoughts and, and the way that I viewed money to this day. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, my, my background and my experience with money. Uh, And that, and I I personally believe that that heavily plays into the decisions that I make today, the investments that I make today, the way that I structure my life uh, to make sure that, you know, I can, I can provide for myself, you know, Lord willing, and that, you know, I can end up trying to live at my my risk later on down the road. So I guess with that being said, um, I've, I'm 19 now Uh, that that event happened about four or five years ago. So it's, a little on passes, but, um, you know, still learning lots from it. Uh, I've, I've faithfully been able to save up an emergency fund in college, um, over the past four months actually, which I, th- I think is something really, really unique. Uh, I know a lot of college students can't necessarily say that and not, not, not trying to brag or anything, but, um, uh, I think it's just impressive to be able to save money in college regardless. Um, but yeah, I've been looking into a couple different side hustles to start uh, to save more money, uh, for real estate investing, uh, and just for, you know, I- any other type of, of, you know, emergency or any other type of investment, whether that not be real estate, it could be, you know, stock market, something like that in the future. Um, but yeah, I've kind of been exploring the the realm of side hustles, particularly with the social media marketing. David, I, I know you mentioned that in my, my bio earlier. Um, and then I am also in about two, two or three weeks, I should be a, a fully licensed real estate agent in the state of South Carolina. So I'm almost there. Uh, I've got to go back and, and retake the state portion of the test, but I'll do that and uh, apply and stuff and should be good to go. Uh, but yeah, i looking to, to get rolling here in 2019, being a realtor, I'm looking to pay off the rest of my school um, by being a real estate agent. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just lots to look forward to, and I appreciate you having me here on the show, David.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, so I think the realtor thing, we kind of talked about that uh, previously, and that's a good side hustle. There's a lot of guys successful. And the cool thing is that being a college student, you can, you know, like focus on that for, you can really hustle, hustle, hustle during the summer. Um, but you can do very well in real estate. And then even when you're like a full-time student, you know, during school school time, um, you could, if you're too busy to take on a client, you can refer the business out to someone else and so make a split of the commission and, and that's more passive um, and we can talk about that in a little bit but I'm kind of curious to hear like what kind of social media marketing are you doing I yeah. that's like a niche that I have stumbled into as I'm having to learn how to grow my stuff but it's yeah. intriguing to me yeah great great question um, so I
1: primarily like to work with people who have small personal brands um, l- like yourself or they could do a lot of network marketing uh, fitness what have you um, or I'll work with, uh, very small companies who are looking to g- grow and increase, uh, traffic, um, either from, uh, you know, uh, social media onto a website or from email marketing campaigns onto a website to increase sales, uh, to increase more personal coaching sessions, uh, sessions, um, you know, whatever that, the the need for the customer or client might be. Um, and really just, just trying to make sure that, you know, we're able to, to kind of build like a funnel almost, you know, we're we're taking all, all the basic social media stuff is up here. You know, you have a lot of, lot of different uh, data points uh, for a lot of different customers of all, you know, niches and groups and trying to bring that and funnel that down here to how could we uh, get that into a business? How can we create customers out of that? How can we, you know, create relationships from a customer standpoint to a business standpoint? So that's um, I guess that was kind of a really broad sense, but um, really just trying to make sure that we're, um using social media as it's starting to to continue on the trend of, of of having more and more users uh each year especially in 2019 um just making sure that we're able to utilize all of our resources especially with email marketing too this that that's um that's something that's very useful for for generating leads and and
0: coaching clients and stuff but being able to to generate that into, into sales ultimately are you uh is there a certain platform you're working with specifically? Do you have a like Instagram, Facebook, the, the mix, or is it like specific to one?
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually have, um, and not to give out a, too, too much details on on what I'm doing with software um, just, just cause sometimes, you know, I, I don't have liberty to give out yeah. that software uh, names and stuff, but I through the software, I'm able to, to integrate with platforms like Instagram, Facebook. I can even do Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, there, there's options to do YouTube. It's it's a little harder to do the social media marketing through YouTube unless you're just kind of uh, posting content there, uh, but you know, you can do things like Pinterest uh, Tumblr um, Trying to think uh, LinkedIn I don't know if I mentioned that one, but I I mean pretty much all of the bigger social media with the exception of snapchat um, snapchat's a little different animal um, then especially Instagram and Facebook as Instagram and Facebook are primarily becoming two of the bigger, um, lead sources for new customers and clients. Um, but really, really just trying to to figure out whatever the customer's needs are and seeing how we can best address that and,
0: and end up driving traffic to them. Yeah. Snapchat's definitely, uh, I've been trying to mess around with the business platform, but it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's not as easy to integrate to it take it's it's much more of an intentional thing like you actually have to i don't know i'm not as much of a fan i haven't actually published an ad on it yet just because every time i try to go through the process it's just kind of annoying so i end up just going back to instagram um and plus snapchat is it targets a much younger audience than i mean i have a young audience but not not like i mean in snapchat you can be tap you you can be hitting teenagers and high school kids and junior high or whatever, like people, all kinds of people have Snapchat. And I'm like, I don't need a 13 year old to be reading my stuff. So it's not super important to me. Um, that being said, uh, I like that you touched on LinkedIn because that's a social platform that a lot of people don't think of as a social platform. They think of it as where you go to find a job. But the reality is that you can do very well on LinkedIn as a social platform. It's just a different, demographic and a different style of what you're you know, posting. I, don't, I won't go on on LinkedIn and post like outfit of the day, you know, no. I'll go on LinkedIn and share a video that I made yeah. or an interesting blog post or whatever. And it does pretty well. Yeah.
1: And David, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, LinkedIn is really something I've been trying to incorporate more, especially with my personal brand as I'm trying to get the word out more. But in my opinion, what I've seen is that LinkedIn is very similar to Facebook. Uh, in the way that it, it loads um, news feeds and you know our different articles that people are sharing, but it's almost like you, you're 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 taking uh, Facebook and basically adding a whole entire business side to it, and that's basically what LinkedIn is. You know, you're able to post content that would be related to your personal brand, uh, to a small business that you have, or even a big business, and you're able to let your network. Um, you know, your other friends who might be in the same market or in similar markets uh, just to be able to get the word out about what you're doing and just kind of share and grow your network that way as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's see here. Um, So I guess my my first question, I'd probably want to touch on with you since you're on the financial independence journey, uh, but you're also in college, which a lot of people find, I mean, you know, we, we hear all the, the pros and cons of minimum rate wage and everything. Um, you know, my argument is generally that your income isn't your problem. It's your expenses. Um, yeah. well, that's not always true. I mean, obviously you can't get rich on $20,000 a year. Um, but at the same time you can't get rich on a hundred thousand dollars a year if you spend it. So yeah. what would be like your advice, I guess for you, I would say for a peer, like someone, you know, freshman sophomore college that's looking to not come out of school with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and I mean we can touch on student loans but like more what you do with with the money you do make to make it you know wherever you want it to yeah be.
1: sure I I'm glad you asked that David um, honestly I feel like this could, could even apply to anybody who, who's even in high school they might be listening or, or anybody who's in college grad school whatever I think the the most important thing is to make sure that you have a job um, I've noticed that a lot of people uh, in college do not have a job, and, and honestly, I think that that uh, is, is not the smart way to go. Um, to, for me, uh, I didn't have a job at all last year, freshman year, so I started having a job uh, this year. Uh, honestly, I've seen my grades improve slightly. Um, it's not been a huge improvement, but they have improved some because it's, it's forced me to, to have more and better time management. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, especially of my generation, don't have a lot of time management because you know there there's a lot of lack of concentration. You know, with uh, uh, new improvements uh, in technology, you know, so many people are addicted, you know, to their phones or you know. However, you want to put it and phrase it, there, there, there's a lack of attention span there. And so I think having a job in college really helps you to be uh, time oriented and to have much better time management as to when you need to study, when you need to do work, when you need to hang out with friends and socialize, when you need to have downtime, stuff like that. So I think that's been um, definitely very, very important to me. Um, the other thing I would say is that definitely utilize any kind of financial aid you, you can possibly get. Uh, I, I know a lot of colleges, uh, states, and even the federal government will give. Uh, certain financial aid based on, um, you know, maybe parents pay, uh, you know, for w- whatever they make at W-2 or job or whatever through the FAFSA. There's lots of different financial aid. You can just get through the university. There's different private funding. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely say try to utilize those resources if you can. But ultimately, at the end of the day, is just get a job and make sure that you're consistently saving your income. Um, now I, I have my own apartment, it's, it's off campus. And so I have to pay some for rent, utilities, stuff like that, food, gas. So I, I have. Worked on getting it better, but I started at about a 25% savings rate and I built it up to where I, I average anywhere between a 40 and a 50% savings rate, which, I mean, it might seem really, really, you know, kind of crazy, but I mean, I don't spend that much money on food. I mean, I might spend maybe, maybe a hundred bucks on food a week and it's probably more like 75 and just because, you know, I, I live around a college, I don't have to drive around a lot. So, I mean, I might fill up with gas once a month, you know, that might be 40, 50 bucks a month. Um, I mean, the rest is going to utilities, which, you know, there are obviously articles and stuff you can figure out online, how to limit utilities. And then, you know, you have fixed expenses like rent, but I mean, ultimately it's just like, how can you sit there and cut your expenses? You know, how can you still live the life you want to live? still have the things you need to have, but make sure that you're cutting out everything you don't need to be spending money on. So like I, I used to be, um, and you know, not not to put this in a weird frame of light but i, I used to be uh, you know really into shoes and you know making sure that i i always looked good was the best dressed um, and that that especially played played in coming through from high school on into freshman year of college and i went back and tracked how much i spent on you know clothes and you know trying to look good and impress people freshman year of college just over a, I, I think it's like 9 or 10 month period i spent about 2 grand on stuff that whole entire freshman year. So, I mean, it, you know, it's just crazy looking back, you know, like if you just change the way that, that you view money um, and, you know, in terms of having to spend it, because like if you spend your money on, you know, clothes or something, you're delaying yourself, for, you know, financial freedom so many years down the road, or you're delaying yourself saving up for your goal of your emergency fund, or saving up money for down payment on a property. I mean, if you think about it, most college students are going to end up buying a property within the, the next three to five years when they graduate. And it's really hard if you don't start saving now. I mean, you know, cause whenever you get out on your own, the first year, you're probably going to be making a good bit of money and you're probably going to blow a good bit of money, you know, just because that's the first time you've ever really had money. Um, so it's important to get um, instilled in you early on the habits of saving, you know, even if you don't save more than, you know, 20%, I mean, you know, there's, there's different ways you can break down, like how, how much you should be saving based on uh, how much you make and, you know, where you want to be and all. But um, ultimately it's just, you know, how can you cut down on your expenses? How much can you save and how much can you put toward your future?
0: Yeah. And I think 50%, 40, 50% is reasonable. A lot of people think, you know, and I mean, obviously the 40%, 50%, depends on your expenses, but I mean, yeah, we're putting away 45, 50% right now. Um, and I, and this is just a, I would assume does your, I guess, before I say this, is your hundred bucks a week for food, is that kind of including like when you eat out once in a, once in a while? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, that makes sense. Cause I was like, Holy smokes, I'm doing amazing. So we, uh, family of four. So I have a two-year-old and a 10-year-old, um, and in Hawaii where prices are like outrageous even though it's a little better on base but I mean gallon a gallon of milk is still like six bucks here even on base off base it's like eight or nine dollars it's insane oh wow um we budgeted we changed our budget around like three months ago and we budgeted four hundred dollars a month so a hundred bucks a week for food and I have been able to save at least a hundred dollars of that at the end of every single month um so we're spending like three hundred dollars a month on food but that's not including the dining out we gave ourselves like 50 60 bucks a week for eating out um But man, like, yeah, you're right. Like that's, and that's like the, those two things. And whenever I hear people talk about how they don't have any money, I'm always like, okay, like the first thing I do is I'll look and I'll be like, hmm, name brand clothing. And then the second thing I'll do, and and I'm, I say this wearing a super fancy looking Hawaiian shirt, but this is like $10 at Ross. Um, so, you know, not too bad. (coughs) Like the first thing I do is I ask them like, well, how many pairs of shoes do you own? You know, all those questions. And then I'm like, okay, well, how much do you eat out? Because especially if you're a single guy, like a young Marine, uh, you have a chow hall. You, already, like, you eat there for free. It's already out of your paycheck as like this untaxed benefit. So like when people tell me they eat out three times a week, five times a week, I'm like, you know that you could literally eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week for free, right? And they're like, well, it's not the best food. I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> like <laughs> The point is you could be saving all this money and you could eat out once a week and holy smokes. Um, and then the other one, and this is the one that, Uh, so yeah like clothing is a huge one you know nobody nobody really cares um, exactly what they do I mean people care and it's a big one but like you can't look rich if you want to be rich you know you you gotta you gotta you gotta save the money and then the food and then the other one that I see all the time and I'm sure this is just as bad in college as it is in the military is the booze and holy smokes like if you're not of age play that card and be like not old enough to buy it sorry I can't participate I can't give you money you know, whatever. And then if they, you know, if you're going to drink it underage, I'm not going to advocate for that. But if you're going to drink it underage, at least you're not paying for it. So,
1: exactly. Um,
0: exactly. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you definitely see that in college. Like I, like, I mean, I, will be the first to say I don't drink and I don't really plan to drink. I mean, that's, it's never really been, you know, something that I've been interested in, but I, I mean, I have tons of buddies who would go blow anywhere between, you know, a, a hundred to 200 bucks, you know, at a bar, just buying, you know, alcohol for people, you know, or even themselves, you know, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. You know I mean? You could take that and you know, that's, that's only one night, you know, Gets nuts. So it's just crazy. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I did want to go back to, to what you said earlier about food. Um, I, I think it is, it's been really cool to to kind of look back over the past six months, um, at how much I've spent on food. Um, I, I've noticed that whenever I don't meal prep, whenever I just, uh, very casually go out to the grocery store and buy stuff whenever I don't actually write down what I need and don't need. There will be a lot of times when I'll be like, oh, okay, well, I didn't go buy this at the store and I don't feel like going out to the store, but I'll just, you know, run down to Chipotle, Mo's, or, you know, whatever kind of fast food and just go buy, you know, $10 worth of food. When if you bought $10 worth of groceries, that equals at least typically anywhere between, for me, at least three and five meals, you know, depending on on, on what the item might be. You know, so I, the that's something that I found very helpful for me is to meal prep, you know, not only is, is it typically more healthier, but it will, it will also hopefully save you money, um, especially on, on your
0: groceries. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, and before I get into that question, I guess I'd ask, because we're talking budgets, which is such a boring subject for so many people, but like, what do you, what advice would you give on budgeting? Like, how do, I'm not going I don't want like a, you know, like not a 20 minute, like detail, pull out your spreadsheet and walk me through your numbers. But like, you know, what do you, what would you tell someone if they asked like, well, how do you budget for your money?
1: Yeah. Uh, David, that's a great question. Actually, funny enough, I just wrote a blog post about that. Um, I can't, I can't remember if I already posted it excuse me or not. Um, but the biggest thing that I've seen, especially listening to a lot of uh, bigger pockets is I'm a huge fan of their podcast and their, their money podcast as well is I keep seeing a very reoccurring theme and, and the reoccurring theme is to track your spending. Um, and if you actually sit down and track your spending on what exactly you purchase, it'll help better correlate. Um, you know, as to like, what do you spend money on yearly? Because, you know, like, obviously, there are certain things that I spend money on each month. And then all of a sudden, I'll have a random reoccurring charge, you know, like, uh, in the beginning of September, I'll get charged for Amazon Prime, you know, and I'll get a 50, 70, you know, whatever the charges, you know, and then I'll get a random charge in July for something, you know, so it's just being able to track those throughout a whole entire year and then deciding what you need and don't need and cutting out everything you don't need. And that'll hopefully free up a little bit more money that you can put towards savings. Uh, and then just trying to find other ways you can sit there and cut down on, you know, anything else that might remain there. So honestly, that'd probably be my biggest piece of advice. Uh, would just be to make sure that you're tracking your spending. Um, I, I don't know if there's a really good uh, app on your phone for that. Um, I, actually, funny enough, um, I was listening to the Bigger Pockets Money podcast this morning. And they were talking about a very similar topic. Uh, and, and they said that there was somebody who did uh, a Google form and whenever they, they put in the Google form, um, and they, they'd submit it on their phone, it automatically go into a spreadsheet and show them, you know, based on, you know, whatever category they selected, how much they spent money on. So, you know, like if they went out to eat, they spent, you know, 30 bucks out, out to eat at a restaurant, they could track that and, you know, see that at the end of the month and be able to track their expenses that way. So i yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably my best piece of advice on budgeting.
0: Yeah, I think that's, it's very easy to lie to yourself about what you're spending money on, Um, especially, and it's, it's honestly easier when you have a family because, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, we spent 30 bucks out to eat. Well, no, it was like 50, but you know, we did whatever. And I, I didn't track for a while and I thought I was doing really good with my budgeting. And about five months ago, four months ago, I sat down and redid my budget and got serious. Like I actually did the whole, like, you know, envelope full of cash type of, type of thing where I, I like leave my credit card in the house and the only card I have with me is my business card, um, and trying to be very intentional about it. And like, Holy smokes, I added 20% to what I had been saving. I mean, I legitimately was able to increase my allotment to my retirement fund by, uh, I think I jumped it, um, put in 22% right now. I probably jumped it 12%, 12 or 13%. And then I, I also increased like another 500 bucks a month going into the business account. And all of that is just because I was legitimately buying like, Ooh, yeah, that'll be useful. Click, you know, on Amazon or, or go into Taco Bell or whatever. And, uh, as soon as we sat it down and started tracking what we were spending on, I, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like, a. I mean, I would recommend tracking every day. I'm not as good about that. But even if you just like started your budget by looking at the last month and saying like, what did I spend in just last month? Okay. Well, holy crap. I don't need this, 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 and just like shrunk it down a little bit you'll save money um, even if you're not strict about it. And I, we still have like, I have an envelope for entertainment slash beer. You know, And if I want to buy beer, I do buy beer, but I just not as much as I once might have, but um, that's probably (laughs) for the better. So yeah. Yeah. And I, David, I, I think it is a really good point
1: to note that you can still buy things for yourself that you enjoy. Just whenever you're cutting back, you're cutting back on things that you wouldn't normally need that you happen to spend money on anyway. You know, so it's, you know, even if you want to go buy, like, let's say a, a nice uh, luxurious car, they they talk about this in rich dad, poor dad, but you buy the asset first and then let the asset buy the liability, the, you know, luxury car whatever. Absolutely. that's, kind of getting off from budgeting, but you know, just, just coming back to the point that you can still have nice things, you know, you just make sure that that's not a constant reoccurring expense or that that's not something that you, you know, you, that won't absolutely help you, benefit you or make you happier.
0: Yeah. hundred percent agreed. Um, there's a lot of ways to make it work. If you're smart about it, the thing is just being intentional. Um, and then understanding that the goal is to be rich, not, to look rich. Um, exactly. I think that's a huge, in fact, I almost did a YouTube video, but I, I decided not to because I thought that it was going to, I figured that the, the it was a pol, pol, polar, polarized enough, polarific enough that uh, I don't know if I wanted the attention I was going to get from it if it went viral. Um, but the title was going to be something to the effect of like what rap teaches about money. And it was basically going to just like go through and post videos of guys who might have made it in the scene already or might not have but are wearing like $20,000 worth of crap or have, you know, a million dollar car and this, that, the other. And like showing like, well, this is what it's like, it's all about consumerism. And just saying like, look, these guys may have made money, but whether they did or not, they're showing you like this wonderful world. And just talk about the conception or the the misconception that like looking, because we all know that guy who looks like he's got it all together and then he doesn't, it's just like, it's show. Um, yeah. And that's and that's you know there's a bunch of good books out there on it. But like holy smokes, people spend so much money trying to impress other people. There's what's the quote? I can't remember who said it, but we spend our entire lives uh, spending money on things we don't need to impress people we don't we like. Don't we don't care yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. I,
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely a very accurate quote. And honestly, you see that so much in college. You know, I mean, pe- people will will try to, you know eat at the nice restaurants just to make it look like they have money, you know, or they'll, you know, spend money on clothes they don't need, or, you know, go out to, you know, do, do whatever, take, I mean, like, honestly, I see so many of my friends taking, you know, random trips out, you know, in like, in like these insane places that like, I don't even see most adults taking trips out to, you know, it's like random places in the Pacific, you know, like exotic islands, like to like the Caymans and stuff. It's like, who actually does that, you know, but you know, college students. So go figure. (laughs) So.
0: yeah I I try to and I've been the guy who's had the fancy cars and the motorcycle and got the tattoos and I've been there and I've done that and I got all the guns and I've, done, I've not was not always decent with my money um, but now I try to live by the mantra of like look if I get rid of this car now and I'm smart and I struggle through now then 10 years from now I'll have a nicer car and, yeah you know and it'll be more affordable so exactly. it's all about it's all about mindset um, all right so uh, we're going to transition into the next question, which I like to ask, which is like, what is one resource, course, website, whatever that you recommend to anyone getting started, uh, you know, in finances or, or just as advice in general. You mentioned the Bigger Pockets Money show. Um, yeah. So they go ahead and don't mention that again. Let's make sure.
1: <laughs> Ooh, it's a good one. Yeah, it is. Um, I feel like this is mentioned a lot. Um, this is more, I guess, specifically for like the FI community, but Mr. Money Mustache uh, blog is a really good resource. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's probably mentioned by tons of people and tons of different podcasts and stuff, but I mean, it's, it's really good. It covers a lot of different topics. Um, you know, you can get into budgeting, um, you know, or really anything. Um, I guess to, to go back bigger pockets itself, not necessarily the money podcast, but bigger pockets is a great place uh, to learn about real estate specifically. Um, and how you can use the, uh, the investment of real estate to, to really be a catalyst Uh, In in your life to create that wealth that you're looking for. Um, So that's a really good resource I'm trying to think I don't know a lot of necessarily like online blogs or anything else besides those two those two kind of just pop up as first I I would definitely suggest reading Um, I I've been very diligent about reading this year. I've read well I've read about 13 and a half um, business or finance specifically related books um, and I would definitely say that's really kind of helped spurred my thinking uh, into more of the FI uh, direction, uh, you know, trying to incorporate some different side hustles, trying to think of different ways I can scale back my expenses, how I can save better, how I can better budget. I, I definitely say reading probably uh, first and foremost helps uh, with that. And there's obviously tons of different books I could you know, recommend to you on that. So
0: Yeah, reading's huge. Any, I mean, I always say the best investment is investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, at least before you start investing. Yeah. In your stuff. Um, yeah. I like Mr. Money Mustache. And I like the fact, so um, was it Pete Adney, I think is his name. I'm not to mess that up. So if I did, I'm sorry. But uh, that's a guy who's doing very well financially now with no job. His blog does well. His platform does well. His courses do well. Like everything does very well. And the guy still rides his bike everywhere he goes. <laughs> like you want to talk about somebody who's Living what they preach, um, the guy's doing quite well, and he's built a huge nest egg. He's totally retired. He just does whatever he wants for fun, and he still lives very frugally. And I would rather have that, where you're designing your lifestyle and able to do things, but not necessarily driving the Bugatti, than you know the guy who drives a Bugatti but can't go on vacation. Uh, which exactly. is probably, Bugatti's high enough price; there's probably not too many people who can afford one and not a vacation. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I I mean, it's definitely the the idea that you can uh, not necessarily control your life, but you can control your schedule. You know, you can control uh, the things that you do that will ultimately bring you the most happiness, you know, the most satisfaction from doing it. So I I think that's good that you brought it up. I I do want to go back. um, Oh, yeah. As as you mentioned earlier about the, the self improvement and and investing in yourself, um, I, I David, I don't know how many listeners you have who might be uh, you know teens or twenties or I, I guess really anytime in their twenties, even uh, on up to their early thirties. I would definitely suggest um, heavily investing in yourself and in your personal education and personal development. You know whether that's reading, whether that's going to seminars, going to um, like you, you went to FinCon. I'm trying to think. You know, it, it, any other course you can take, you know, something that will just benefit you long term. Because with you just investing in yourself, you're going to see so many uh, returns, so many years down the road that you won't necessarily see right now. So it's it, it's not really an investment for the now. It's it's more an investment for the future, for the long term. Um, and I know there are people like Grant Cardone who really preach like uh, invest in yourself, invest in yourself, invest in yourself. And I I know there there are many other people who kind of preach that as well. But honestly that would probably be one of my biggest pieces of advice outside of, of, you know, looking into real estate or, you know, starting side hustles is just invest in yourself. You know, I, at the end of the day, you are your biggest asset.
0: I agree. Yeah. And the earlier you do that, the more it'll compound everything. I mean, I've read a ton of books in the last few years and it's, that is what changes the mindset. That's what gets you, you know, I mean, like you can spend a whole lifetime trying to learn stuff or you can read a book and learn from somebody who spent a whole lifetime learning stuff. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's a huge way to a huge force multiplier, as we call it. All right. So I'm going to use that as your uh your parting idea, big advice, because that was yeah. solid. I mean, that's that's everything you could ever ask for. Um so Hunter, where can people get a hold of you if they're trying to get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I have a website and a podcast, a uh, well, blog and podcast. Um it's www.thefinancialhunter.com um, David, I, I can send you the stuff to put that in the show notes. And then, uh, you can also find me on Instagram, uh, at the financial hunter. Um, love to connect with you. Feel free to shoot me a message. You know, would love to to chat with you, see, you know, how, how I can help you, you know, and see how, you know, we can, uh, you know, end up conquering our goals and, uh, pushing forward. So
0: Yeah. If you want to shoot me that in an email and I, I'm going to, I can't believe I'm going to say this while we're still recording, but a photo, I need a photo of yourself. thumbnail. But Also, and I want to link to this in the show notes. So that's why I'm saying it on the recording. uh, Can you send me the blog post specifically as an additional URL? So once, whether it's scheduled or not, you know, this will probably come out before it posts. um, But I'd be really curious to send the readers to your uh, post on budgeting. I think that'll be very beneficial. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'll definitely send that over to you. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Hunter, unless you got anything else, I think, uh, I mean, people probably don't know that we actually, I recorded for you before this. So yeah. uh, we've been on the phone for uh, basically two hours now. Yeah. Two, um,
1: two or and, three hours. So.
0: And I'm sure one of us needs to eat. eventually. So uh, I think it's yeah. been swell and I, I look forward to staying in touch and we'll have to do another one of these later on down the road and see where, uh, see where the financial independence journey is taking you. Uh, and then, you know, see how the realtor stuff's going.
1: Yeah, for sure. And David, thank you so much for having me on. It's
0: been a blast. And I definitely hope that I was able to impart some knowledge to your listeners. No, I think this will be beneficial. I like, uh, I like finances and I focus a lot on trying to find real estate guys. And I talk about finances stuff, but I forget, like, I can't relate to the freshman in college right now. I'm the old geezer with the mustache. Yeah. Not as old as I look, everybody. But, um, <laughs> awesome.
1: Thanks, brother. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks so much, David. You too.